Welcome to our study together of Romans chapter 10. This is day four in that study. We're looking at verses 14 to 17 today, talking again about one of the things that it takes to be an expert witness. We'll go over all five again tomorrow, but the fourth of those five is that I have to understand the process of salvation, sort of how it, how it works out in, in my life and in other people's lives. And Paul talks about that in verses 14 to 17. Listen to what he says. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Paul, you see here, is sort of talking about the process. He just sort of walks through it. He says, how can they call without believing? And how can they believe without hearing? And how can they hear without preaching? And how can they preach without someone sending? Or back that up, talk about the process going the other way. What he's saying is God sends someone, and because God sends someone, someone preaches. Now, as he used the word preaches here, he's not talking about a sermon in a church. He's talking about someone telling the good news. God sends, someone preaches, and when someone preaches, someone hears, third step in the process. When someone hears, someone believes, and when someone believes, someone calls on the name of the Lord. It's a very simple process, but he tells us what the process is here. And as he's talking about that process, he echoes especially some verses from the Old Testament about the feet of those who bring good news. That may have sounded like a strange phrase, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. He's echoing from the book of Nahum and the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament some truth. Nahum chapter 1 verse 15 says, look, there on the mountains, the feet of one who brings good news, who proclaims peace. You can see in that day that they would often send messengers from one place to the other. And if somebody was bringing good news from one city to the other, they would be running from one place to the other. You could almost tell by the way they were running that they had good news that they were bringing. There was, a, there was a happiness in their run. So how beautiful are the feet of the one who's bringing good news. Isaiah also talks about this. He says in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. So from both of these books in the Old Testament, we have this picture of the beauty of someone who is excited, is joyous about bringing good news. It's interesting to quickly notice the, the context of both Nahum and Isaiah. In Nahum 1.15, the good news here is that the judgment was finally going to fall on, on Nineveh and the Assyrians. In Isaiah, the same quotation is used for a future event, not a past event. It was used looking forward to the return of Christ, the establishment of his kingdom. And Paul here is talking about a present event when he talks about the beauty of the feet who bring good news. He's talking about us as we talk about the good news of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. Now, I doubt that as you share your faith, someone's going to look at you and say, wow, you have such beautiful feet. If they do, I'd be a little bit worried if they would say that. But I do think that they might see the joy in your words, the excitement in your words. And that's what he's talking about here. I want you to notice also, before we go on to what he says at the end of these verses, then in verse 16, he notes that not all the Israelites accepted the good news. Now, when he says not all, remember that some did. All of Jesus' first followers, all of his disciples were Jewish men. 
Paul himself is a Jewish man. Many of the women who followed Jesus in those early days, Mary Magdalene, his own mother and others, Jewish women. There are many Jewish people who even at the beginning became believers. When, when Paul talks about not all accepted the good news, remember many did accept. There are many Jewish people who have become believers. There are many Gentile people who have not. God doesn't deal with us differently as Jew and Gentile. He deals with us all the same. He doesn't deal with us differently as people who have been brought up in different religious cultures, Christian and Muslim and Hindu. He deals with us all the same. We're all lost. We're all in need of a Savior. We're all equally in need of a rescuer. We all need to hear what the end of this passage says. Faith comes by hearing. Probably the most familiar phrase in Romans chapter 10. Faith comes from hearing the message. That's pretty simple. To me, it's the simplicity. The picture I'd give is turning on a light switch. When I walk into a room, I flick a switch and the lights go on. And it seems like such a simple thing. And yet behind that simple action is a pretty complicated process. There are transmission towers and substations and the dam that the energy comes from and the underground wires and all of that results in, when I flick that switch, a light coming on. Ray Steadman has said about this picture when it comes to faith in Christ that every time an individual comes to a place where in quietness he quietly calls out to the Lord, a tremendous process is behind it. There is the darkness and anguish of the mystery of the cross, the birth at Bethlehem, the wonder and miracle of the resurrection, the sending forth of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. All this is the process behind a single individual who calls on the name of the Lord. God is behind it. He has started it. The apostle wants us to understand this activity of the sovereign character of God. Faith comes by hearing. Why is that possible? Because of all that God has done in human history. He has set things up so that faith can come by hearing the truth of what he has done. This is a simple process. I believe because I hear what someone has said because God has sent them. Now, there are some questions that revolve around this simple process that I don't want to leave you with. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, some people wonder how that compares with Romans chapter 1, verse 20. In 120, you might remember, Paul says that God uses even nature to let everyone know, everyone know that God is evident. So why then does anyone need to be sent? If we can just see in nature that God is alive, why, why have a preacher? Why have a missionary? Well, God has made himself evident in nature, but he has made the truth of his love clear in Jesus Christ. And if I can be a part of helping someone that I love to see more clearly the love of God, the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life for them, then that, that is a process that I want to be a part of. I can leave in God's hands the ultimate decision of how he shares faith with people. But God has also put into my hands my personal decision to make clear to people that I love that God is real, that Jesus gave his life, that Jesus is resurrected. Now, as we look at what these verses have to say about faith and hearing, it brings another question to some people's minds. What about people who never hear? Do they not get a chance to be saved? What about someone who lives on some desert island somewhere and they never got a chance to hear about Jesus or somewhere in human history was in a place where missionaries never went? You know, I have learned to leave that in the hands of a just and loving God. And I recognize that this God who has revealed himself through nature in many other ways, that I can trust him to reveal himself in places that I don't know about and have never seen. 
I leave that in his hands. I've also learned to trust what he says in these verses. And then in a day where we have the internet, where we have email, where we have cell phones, where we have so many different ways to communicate, to not communicate to anyone and everyone as clearly as possible, as quickly as possible, the love of Jesus Christ is a personal tragedy. And even with all those methods of communication, sometimes it's the person in my own house, the person next door that I never communicate with. That's what this is talking about. I can be a part of this process. That is an incredible privilege. Some people also ask about these verses. If faith comes by hearing, why doesn't everyone who truly hears believe? We're going to talk about that tomorrow. That just because I hear doesn't force me to believe. I still have a choice. But because I hear, I have a much better picture of what God has done. Those are some of the questions that people have about these verses. But of all of the questions that I've ever heard about Romans chapter 10, I think my favorite is this one that someone wrote to me once. They wrote, how do I do this? A middle-aged mom of four, how can I learn to speak about Jesus in everyday places while still being an everyday person? But most importantly, how do I talk to people like my friend and neighbor who was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer? His heart is hardened to the church, to God, and religion. How can I help to take that terror from his eyes as he thinks about the fact that he was told in just a few short months he will die? That's the question. Faith comes by hearing. So how do I get the message to someone in a way that they can hear? Well, these verses remind us that it takes someone who is a preacher. And so I want you to erase that, that picture you have of someone standing in a pulpit in a church and realize that a preacher is someone who loves someone enough to take the time to make the message clear. When I preach a message, it means I study during the week and suffer over it and try to make it clear. Well, some of the most important messages I preach are not in church. They're to an individual, a person I love, where I suffer enough, where I pray enough, where I think about it enough and think about them enough so that I can make the message clear. Faith comes by hearing. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. You are not alone in sharing this message. We have the privilege of sharing the good news of what Jesus has done in our lives. So as we pray today, let's pray for faith in our lives and the lives of those we hear. Lord, we thank you that your word brings about faith as we truly hear it. And we pray you'd help us. Help us to be, in the best sense of the word, preachers. People who take the time to think through how we can share the message in a way that's heard. God, help us to be people who have beautiful feet, who share the good news like it's really good news with a smile on our face, with a bounce in our step, with a joy in our lives. And Lord, then we leave the results to you. It's your message. We're the messengers. You're the one who cares and loves the people that we're sharing with more than anyone. And so God, help us to be a part of the process, but to realize it is your process. It is your message. It is your good news. And we are thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, join us as we finish our look together, day five of our look at Romans chapter 10. 